You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Lamgoat presents the Van Flip Podcast. One more time. Third time is a charm, bro. Yeah, you're right. Welcome to this episode of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. There you go. Third time with Skyler on the podcast. We got it knocked out for the various basics of intros. Oh, yeah. Anyway, welcome to this week's episode of the Van Flip Podcast. Like I said just now, previously, we are sitting with Skyler. Who's the vocalist uh, for Cell, a heavy hardcore slash deathcore slash metallic hardcore slash heavy metalcore <laughs> slash whatever you want to kind of name their genre or kind of lump them into. But anyway, they're a heavy ass band from Oklahoma that um, we kind of, uh, I kind of was talking to Skylar a little bit beforehand, give him the rundown of the old pod. But, you know, I kind of came in to your, uh, to know your band through No Cure and Blaith. Um you know, you guys played a show, not a show, but you guys did, I think, like a little tour or mini run with them and Mugshot uh, earlier last year. Earlier in 2023, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you guys did that. And I know you guys, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you either are going out or just got back from going out with Kanaoshi, right? Uh, that is actually in March of this year. That's cool. coming up quick. So one more month and then we're back out. I kind of know some things. You know what I mean? I kind of know a little yeah. a couple things here <laughs> yeah. Uh, but right. yeah, so, you know, I was going over with Skylar that he's relatively in a newer band uh, that Lamb Goat's been covering for the past 12 months for the most part. So we kind of, you know, in wanting to grow the scene and get you guys acquainted with bands that you might not be acquainted with, uh, here we are with Skylar from Cell. Welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Good. Working in Oklahoma today, huh? I am, yeah. I work at a uh, print shop called Backroom Prints, located in Oklahoma City. Uh, it's ran by my buddy Sivo, but yeah, I just work here, and then I do some odd jobs in and out with like construction and stuff like that on the side. Nice. It seems like every hardcore kid is either adjacent to a, a print shop or a screen shop somewhere. There's either one oh, that yeah. they run, or they know a person in the band, or a friend that runs a print shop. It's always very closely antiquated with a band. Every time, bro. I know so many fucking people that, like, are just tied in with shit like that. Like, because I've been working with Steven since I was probably, like, I'd say, like, 16, and I'm almost 25 now. Mm. So I've been with him for, like, a, a long time, off and on, just, like, jumping jobs while, like, touring and stuff like that. Yeah, I was so, going to ask, like, yeah. th- what comes first? Like, the screen printing job, then the band, or the band, then screen ch- printing job, like the chicken or the egg, you know? You never know. Yeah, I mean, uh, for for me, you know, Steven, he uh, he works real well with like my schedule, especially just because we're we're starting to tour a lot heavier. So, um, you know, he'll I'll bust my ass while I'm here, and then go out tour for like a month, come back, 
I'm back in the shop like two days after I get home and I'm like well rested. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But you yeah, he's a uh, yeah, shout out Steve, bro. He he takes care of me while I'm here for sure. Is it hard to find? Well, I guess not. You've had that gig for a number of years, so I would assume that you've kind of gotten used to it. But it probably is hard for, for new and up-and-coming bands, especially younger bands, uh, that may not live at home still and have to pay real-world bills and rents and stuff like that. It might be a little difficult for them to, you know, um, gallivant across the country every now and then <laughs> for a couple of weeks at a time to go play some music, you know, for some people and then come back to a regular job. Uh, I know office jobs yeah. aren't really keen on that. that's for sure. So, yeah, it, I feel like it's definitely hard nowadays, especially just with like living expenses, like going up and shit, you know, all across the country. It's like, you have to have like a steady income. Like if you like, like, don't get me wrong. Like I've definitely quit jobs to tour in the past, but like, luckily, you know, I, I, like I said, I found something that kind of, works for me and like kind of helps out and you know all the other guys in cell like they all have their jobs that are very like um acquainted to their touring schedules so we i feel like we got kind of lucky on that end but i have seen friends and mutual friends just like go through the ringer and being like well, i had to quit my job just so, like go tour for two weeks and barely fucking be able to pay rent mm -hmm. but it's worth it you know what i mean yeah so and a lot of bands go the other way too where they just don't tour or they quit being in a band because they can't take off time from their jobs and everything like yeah. that so it does kind of go both routes unfortunately probably more so the other route yeah. where it doesn't work out for the band i think that probably happens yeah <laughs> yeah and it, it sucks even more when it's like a really really good band you know what i mean and uh -huh. then like they just kind of like they're like up going up the ladder and then it's like where the fuck did they go and you never find out but you can only assume that's probably like one of the main reasons why yeah That'd be like wild, like, oh, Will Ramos has left Lorna Shore because, you know, rent's getting high and he's got to, like, you know, work an office corporate job or something yeah. like that. That would be yeah. wild to see. But nonetheless, <laughs> they, you know, they're very successful, so hopefully that won't happen to them in the near future. But yeah. speaking of successful, let's talk about Cell. Um, I know we kind of picked, you guys kind of ended up on our radar, like, late last, or sorry, early last year. And like I said mm -hmm. previously, it was more so because I, I started covering Blythe's band, No Cure. And then, um, yep. you know, that kind of opened up a whole nother world of like, uh, not a world, but a whole nother wave of like younger, heavy, metallic, hardcore, metalcore bands that uh, have been kind of like running the circuit. So like, how did Cell come into fruition? Like, you know, you guys are out in Oklahoma. I am yep. not super keen on like the music scene that, or much that goes on in Oklahoma outside of maybe Chatpile always posting about uh, your drivers crashing mm -hmm. into buildings and shit. So that's basically <laughs> yeah. all I know for more for, for Oklahoma. So let's uh, let's go through the history of like Cell and how it came about, how it came to you know fruition. Yeah. Uh, so Cell initially started as a uh, started as a side project with me and some of the guys from Mouth for War. Mm. Um, uh, it's kind of like how it formed. Uh, my buddy Michael, who plays bass in Mouth for War, he uh, he had this demo that he had sent me a while ago and I was just kind of like bored and doing like my, my other band was kind of like being on hold for a minute. So, uh, what was your other band again? Of other project. Uh, Omen, Omen. OKC. Omen. Okay. Yeah. I started that back when I was like probably 15, I think 15 or 16. I was younger. Uh, 
Yeah, he uh, he sent me this demo, which ended up turning into the first version of uh, Failed by the Grace of God's Hands, which is on our first record. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, we, he had sent me that like a year prior, and I was going through like old Dropbox files, and I found it, and I was like, damn, this is sick. So him and I were going back and forth, and I had shown it to uh, a couple of my old bandmates, and I was like, we should use this, you know what I mean, and just give Michael the, the credits for writing it. And it, it didn't really fit the style that we were, so I was like, fuck it, let's just, like, I'll, I'll lay some vocals on it, and then we can just put it out as, like, a side project, just like an internet thing. And Michael was like, yeah, cool. So I uh, wrote the lyrics, put them on there, tracked the vocals. Uh, we dropped it, and people really, really liked it. And um, then we, I guess, like, started writing what turned into... Um, Sadistic Sounds of Suffering. Uh, and then that kind of like brought in uh, Trey, the vocalist of Mouth for War. He was playing yeah. drums originally. Okay. And then um, Gabe and then my buddy Josh from here, he plays in a band called The Tooth. Uh, that's like what kind of uh, brought in that lineup. Um, once we put that record out, it was nonstop like show offers and we were getting tour offers and people were like, we like want to see this fucking band live but it just didn't seem realistic because we were all so busy with other right, shit right, you know right. um and are you guys all located so, in the same location because like you i know you said it started with trey from mouth of war but i know that trey guys trey from i know he's like from he's he's from Colorado. He, i think he's from indiana yeah indiana and all, i know he's in colorado uh, now yeah so i was curious as to like how you yeah. guys linked up was it strictly just online or did you you know each other from like the internet or did you meet at shows somewhere I, else we uh like i knew michael and trey and all them just from like like touring and like going to shows and stuff like we met a long time prior to self-forming but um yeah michael was i think actually the one who pitched trey to like he was like trey wants to drum for this because he's he does vocals you know what right, I mean? right, like, right, he's yeah. a hell of a fucking drummer he does everything and, um, else though too i think he writes a lot of that stuff for for mouth dude, of war too he, yeah he's pretty all around Trey, trey's a fucking musical genius bro yeah. it's, he's fucked up he's crazy it sucks that he uh, kind of like you know is not stuck but he kind of gravitates toward heavier music because you never know what could happen with someone like that if they're into like pop music yeah, or bro. like you know popular music but right nonetheless yeah. here we are we have him in our our little world Hey, what's up? It's Lurk. Looks like you're enjoying the podcast. If you are and you like what we're doing here on the Van Flip, why don't you go ahead and pause this, give us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. If you want to find out any information on your favorite bands from the hardcore and metal scene, visit lambgoat.com. And to stay in the loop about everything that we post on lambgoat.com, make sure you like us on Facebook and you head over to Twitter and Instagram and follow us at lambgoat. Are you a full-grown adult and you also have a TikTok account? Congrats. Follow us on TikTok as well. You can find us under the username lambgoat.com. That's spelled out D-O-T-C-O-M. Head over to our YouTube channel where we have all of these podcasts in video format plus a lot more content that you should check out. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and you hit that notification bell so you're always alerted when we upload new content. And last but not least, if you want to follow me, Lurk, the host of the show, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. And as always, if you need any of the links that pertain to the artists on the show today, Lambgoat, or myself, you can always find them in the description. Thanks for listening to this message. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, no, he he's a he's a fucking great dude, man. I'm I'm excited because like we've never like been on the road together, and so we're going on tour together in March on the Mugshot and Cam mm -hmm. tour. And I'm I'm excited to kick it with them because, like I said, man, I mean we've all been like really good friends for a while, but have never 
traveled the country together. So it, it's going to be a fun time for sure. But uh, yeah, man, still we uh, filmed two music videos, put those out through Slam Worldwide. It got a decent amount of traction. People were like, you know, like I said, they were like, we want to see this band, blah, blah, blah. Shows kept coming and coming and getting offers and shit. And so I had a couple of my buddies who play in Peeling Flesh, mm -hmm. uh, Soto and uh, Joe. I was like, would you guys mind filling in for some of these shows? And they were like, yeah, cool. And then we played a few shows and then it kind of just, I think it turned into a thing where like Mouth Tour was getting so busy. They were like, hey man, like we see what Cell's doing. Like y'all just take it and run with it because we've got to focus on this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, yeah, man, we took it and ran with it and it's been nonstop ever since. We went through some member changes just because like peeling schedule picked up a lot and right. the cell schedule was picking up a lot. So it's like, I, we both, we both want to eat at the same table, but like sharing, sharing members with like bands that are like kind of like gaining traction. It's, it's a fucking pain in the ass oh, for yeah, sure. But for sure. None, nonetheless, I, I love all those dudes. I love everybody who has had some sort of play in what has became still for sure. Yeah. Um, it's been a pretty interesting, uh, ride. That's for sure. And quick, like you said, uh, mm -hmm. you know, once you started putting music out there, you started getting the offers. <clears throat> uh, that being yeah. said, speaking of putting stuff out there, you guys, um, you guys listed, or uh, you guys released, not listed, but you guys released sadistic sounds of suffering, which is kind of like an EP, right? That was like your first EP in 2001. It was like a little four track. Uh, yeah situation and then yeah. since then let me check one more thing yeah since then this has been some singles and a split correct until mm -hmm. right now uh you know you're, yep. bit, you're in the cycle of releasing another uh or another ep yeah another ep yeah. and i will look it up real quick it is called the unbearable form coming out in three weeks on february 9th through unbeaten mm -hmm. records um yep. and you guys just dropped the uh newest single the heavens here Certain, nothing. Uh, or no yeah yeah that was the first one yeah with the yeah the music video with toddy yeah so this one is certain death yes um yeah so how did that how did that song come about because we just released it so or you just released it we posted about it so i figured i'd ask you about it yeah yeah uh just like the writing process on it yeah everything i mean yeah that's how we're gonna get into the ep so we can kind of talk about the ep yeah. but yeah since that's the newest yeah. song up there yeah yeah um that song um so i'll just kind of go from like the heavens to certain sure. uh we sat on the demo for the heavens here nothing i think like for maybe like six months maybe a little longer we wrote that a while ago that was just joe and tight going fucking back and forth like kind of ripping some shit out and then matt our other guitarist no i i think i got i got it switched up that was joe and matt who initially wrote that song and then we all kind of like chimed in our little pieces to it, but we sat on it for fuck man. Like I would say like six months to a year and we were kind of playing it live and shit. But I was like, I was kind of like in between like, Hey, we should just release this as like a, like a, 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 a single by itself. But then we ended up already, we did that with something else and we signed on beaten. And so I was like, okay, well let's, let's save this for, for the new record. And then, um, so 
when we went to uh, we recorded the record with Connor Haynes, but we went up there with only like two songs, I think, total. And so, certain death we wrote. I think I wrote the lyrics and we wrote the song like all in the same day. Hmm. Yeah, while we were up in Colorado tracking the record. Do you do a lot of that where you kind of just knock a song out in a, in a span of like 24 hours or is that rare for you guys? That was like honestly the first time I think we've ever done that. Hmm. Like with multiple tracks. Like we, we've like always kind of been a band that'll like we release a song and then we write a new one and then we'll sit on that one for a minute while we're trying to like kind of work on other ideas. And then it's like, we'll put that one out right in the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, it kind of like takes a, a little bit, especially with like work schedules and stuff. But, and I was also going to say like two of our members live in Texas. So that's like, they're not even here with us yeah. all the time. But, um, yeah, man, uh, it was like crazy. Cause I, I had never written songs like so fast. Like I'll have like lyrics on like the back burner, just chilling in my notes just ideas like pop up every now and then. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like the lyrics for certain death, I think I like went off of a, a couple of lines that I had like put back for something else. And I was like, Oh, this, this would be cool to use right here. And then once I was like, just fucking going, dude, it was like nonstop. And then we finished it, had the song done. And then we tracked the vocals for it the next day. And I was like, damn, this is probably the craziest song that I think, this band has ever written personally yeah. it's nice. like my favorite song on the record that's cool that's cool and so when you get correct me if i'm wrong but i think i heard you had a handful of songs written but you wrote some songs while doing the ep yeah so we we went up there um with the heavens here nothing which mm -hmm. was like completed and and that was the finalized track right. and then we have an old song that we released a while ago but we took it off and we just like revised it like we just like went back to it and kind of like made some changes and like just revamped the track completely gotcha so gotcha. yeah like i'm pretty sure like three three or four songs out of the six are all like brand new that we wrote with connor interesting interesting yeah um so how did how does it work with band members in different areas of the country i mean obviously like you mentioned earlier some of the members were in other bands and they had to kind of like you know bow out to focus on their main project but like how do you find replacement how do you find replacement members is it something that like you put a call out or you just start like asking friends of bands that you know that aren't maybe doing much or people that aren't in bands currently at the time or yeah um so our uh second guitarist matt he kind of like he was a fill-in initially for a tour that we did with born anew i think back in like 2022 i think is when we did that tour he just i had never met him before he was just a mutual friend to one of the old members um and he was like yeah i'm down to fill in came with us and it was fucking sick and then he you know he he meshed well with us we all had like really really good like I'm trying to think of the word like he just like worked Camaraderie. well with us and he got a, yeah and he, he got along well with all of us and then he came on another tour and that one was longer it was I think that was like three weeks at that time and I was like hey man like if you're down you know what I mean like 
you you got the spot. And he was like, fuck yeah, dude, let's do it. Yeah. It's and kind- then, um, go ahead, finish it up, finish your thing. Oh, oh, I, I was just going to say, and then, um, Ernie, he's like the newest member of cell. He plays bass for us now, but, um, he was Matt's mutual friend. Mm. And so he was like, Hey, I've, I've got a buddy who would be down to like, you know, we're looking for a bassist. Uh, I, he'd be down to like try out. And his first tour, his first tour ever, but his first tour with us was that Orthodox US that we yeah, did. Yeah. And now he was in a van with us. Like he hopped in a van and spent 43 or 44 days with us without knowing any of us. Yeah. And yeah, it was <laughs> interesting. It's fucking, it's sick, dude. Yeah. But yeah Ernie's what kind of weirdo is that man. guy? Ernie, you're a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> You could have come, home, Ernie, Ernie come home dead or never even at all. You know, you went into a, he got right. into a van with a bunch of strangers looking for some candy. It sounds like some strange, some strange grown men. Bro. Yeah. Right. He, he only knew like one of them. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm like, I would never fucking do that. Bro. No. Yeah. That's crazy. I hear, I hear stories about like, you know, I don't know if you know who this guy is, but like David Trail, the guy that, uh, he painted Facebook and they paid him a bunch of stocks. And then when, when Facebook went public, he became like, I don't know, hundreds, hundreds of millionaires, you know, like he became like a $300 or $300 million, $300 million heir or whatever. Anyway, he's what been, fuck? yeah, he's just a graffiti artist that just lucked <laughs> out, not lucked out. He's really good, but he lucked out painting Zuckerberg's office. But in his, uh, if you go look at his like earlier days, he, he did a lot of stuff with vice where he talks about, he was a kid hitchhiking through the country, which kind of reminded me of See, old Ernie shit, hopping in the van with some cr- fucking weirdos and, it's crazy, bro. People are fucking crazy, man. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, you know, I wonder, well, it wasn't that long ago. So, yeah, he'd probably still do it today if if someone asked him, you know. <laughs> it's It wasn't like 20 years ago. He was like, yeah, I probably wouldn't do it these days. But he literally did it these days. Right. So, it's whatever. That's fucking crazy, man. So, uh, you know, <laughs> hearing you uh, talk about, like, putting the band together <laughs> or finding other members after certain members kind of, like, you know, bow out or, or go other ways. Uh it yeah. makes me think about when I was, again, a younger lad. When I, this was this this will go back twenty something years, but it reminds me of like it being so hard to kind of create a band because uh, you have mm-hmm. to find well, obviously, like you have to find people that listen to this kind of music and stuff like that, which even back then was more rare than it is now. But it sounds like it's way easier just to find randomly talented musicians and not having to, not not having them have to be in like your six degrees of separation, like around you, you can find like random right. people. It just seems this is going to sound, I don't mean it to sound this way, but it sounds, <laughs> it, it sounds, or it seems easier to make a band than ever before, which, you know, I thought back in the day, like you have to be like best friends with everybody. Cause you're going to be on the road for so long. And you know, you want this to be like right. a bunch of bros hanging out, having a great time. But you know, doing this job and talking to so many people outside of, uh, in bands and stuff, you find out that like, no, it's just another job for a lot of people. And it is. Yeah. And, um, you don't necessarily have to get along with everybody, but as long as the finished right. product comes out, you know, decent enough for the audience, then it's a good, it's a good day at the office, so to speak. But God, it, yeah. I never, I never would have thought about it that way 20 years ago, man. Fuck no, man. Like I, I've, I've been like trying to do like the music shit since I was probably like 12 or 13, bro. Like baby, baby sky. And, uh, (laughs) you know, now like, you know, I, I'm me being at a point to where like, it's kind of like 
starting to pay off in a sense. You know what I mean? I'm like, I never fucking thought that I would get here. And I, I see it happening for, like, so many of my friends. Like, there's, there's so many fucking good bands from Oklahoma, bro. Like, I'm just going to, like, shout, like, put a list. But, like, Go ahead. There's, ins- there's Inside You, there's Sledge, Free For All, Agony. You know what I mean? We got Peeling Flesh. Um, we've got Field Dress. We've got fucking, I'm trying to think of, like, more bands. Uh, Defiled. Like, just, there. it's just, like, so many fucking, like, bands that like and and, and bastion i forgot about bastion and fungus uh but just like i just it's crazy like seeing the the new like era of like oklahoma because i've like i've been through like so many different variations of like groups of people yeah like that i've seen just like pass through our scene out here like people and bands and and groups and like cliques and shit like that and like it's just it's cool like seeing like Oklahoma like thrive so fucking hard and like that's literally like all I want to do with like for me personally like with Cell like I don't give a fuck if I'm playing like sold out fucking arenas eventually or if I'm still playing like basements you know what I mean like I just want to put on for my state and I'm just I've got some shit that I want to fucking say you know what I mean yeah yeah so I I will have to say this I don't recall hearing a lot of um a lot of stuff coming out of Oklahoma in my younger days. And I could just be like, you know, I could just be uh, clueless to it, obviously, and not have my ear to the ground as well as I thought I did. But, you know, (laughs) I think, um, I think just now you find so many more bands coming from so many more obscure places, I guess, because obviously the internet is the internet, but this kind of music has been around for, um, you know, a good 30, 40 years now, not this particular style of, heavy hardcore, heavy metalcore, anything like that. But the, uh, you know, the starting blocks of it have been around for like 30, 40 years now. So you're starting to see like it reach these weird little areas of the world and it's not so, um, it's not so rare to see it live either, right? So you're getting your own bands in your own area and then that's spawning people that don't even, that have no clue. You know, they they may just stumble into a show one night and see some guy or see some band playing and people, <laughs> people fighting invisible ninjas and shit. And then they'll be like, what the hell is going on? But yeah, um, man. yeah. What, what is it? What is it about Oklahoma or the Oklahoma scene recently? That is kind of like, I don't want to say put you guys on the map, but at least, you know, gotten the name out there a little more for the state. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, um, I've got friends, who you know like i said i've got my buddy steven uh he's like one of the staples of oklahoma's like hardcore scene like he always has been um and then you know we've got our like steven runs the print shop but they're like we there was a point in time where like shit just kind of like went like after covid and stuff like everything was just like there there like wasn't much of a scene out here anymore and we were like, how the fuck can we like get it like going again? Like, what can we do to like kind of like try and like revive like what Oklahoma hardcore like is? Mm-hmm. And, and not to him, cut you off, not to cut you and, off, but prior to COVID, what was it like prior? Well, that that was when it was like starting to like kind of like die out a little bit. Okay, like I said, I mean, there's just been so many variations of like people that like come right, and right. They okay. fucking go. You gotcha. know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, but yeah, him, him, and our uh, our friend Schwan, they they started backroom productions and 
it was originally another booking agency um, name before that, but then they like they kind of revamped it and uh, it turned into Backroom Productions. And like some of the first shows that I think we were putting on was like I think the we like booked this like warehouse in Southeast OKC and we had like no Zodiac fucking just slide through, which we're all like real good friends with them, so it worked out great. And then that was like like we had that show and all like it was like first show that we had done with this like name like two or three hundred kids just packed into this fucking warehouse and we were like the fuck you know what i mean and then we just kept getting more offers and more offers and it's it's turned into like a, a very big staple like backroom backroom has definitely put the the state back on the map for like bands to like want to come through like it's not just like a a passing through or like a flyover state anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Like I, I, I talked to so many friends when we're like touring and I'm like, you got to come to Oklahoma. Like you got to play Oklahoma. And they're like, yeah, we fucking want to because we see what y'all are doing out mm -hmm. there. Like, and so it, it's cool to know that like, there are people out there who are like, um, they're admiring like what, what our scene is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that's important. Yeah, too. man. Like, go ahead. Finish your step. Oh, uh, I was just gonna say, uh, like, it, like, it's cool to know that, like, you know, when we're out there touring or our friends are touring, like, that's just like kind of accumulating more people's attention to be like, what the fuck is Oklahoma about? Right. You know. So yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I think it's also uh, my. I wanted to ask, like, what is more important for the scene and these are both going to be important uh things or you know if yeah. you wanted a scene to flourish or if you want to start a decent scene these are both things that are needed obviously you need bands within the local area good bands within the local area obviously to add to shows but you also need shows to come to town so like what is more important in your eyes when you're trying to book a show is it like are you trying to bring in a band that will draw or are you trying to put on locals that'll draw for a band that may be coming from out of town that not that many people know? Yikes. <laughs> um, that's a fucking good question. Well, like when um, starting when trying to start, like say like we're talking to somebody in an area that doesn't have a lot of like shows going on and they may be in a smaller rural area of America. Yeah. Right. So like, let's say, do you want to have, you know, band X come through that more people might know about and it may cost you a little, a couple dimes to book, but you know, you can start getting those types of bands in the area. And again, you right. know, that may spawn some more bands popping up in your local scene. Cause you know, you never know who's watching or who wants to imitate, imitate what they've seen on stage at a local show. So, yeah, I was right. just, what what was more I, important for you guys when you started it out back up in two thousand whatever? I can't I can't speak for everybody, but I I think like having a band come through that has some like momentum behind their name, and people can like you know they see like this like crazy fucking logo, whether it be a deathcore logo, death metal, hardcore, what's fuck ever, they see it and they're like, oh, who the fuck is the headliner? Cause I feel like when I was younger, I would see flyers for shows and like, yeah, I may see like a couple local bands that like, I know that are playing it, but I'm like, if I had never heard of the band prior to seeing the, 
like anything about the show itself, I would always look up the headliner mm -hmm. and listen to him. You know what I mean? And then be like, oh, this band's fucking sick. Like, I'm going to, I'll be there. You know what I mean? I'll pay the fucking 10 bucks to go watch them on yeah. top of the bands that I already know that are going to be playing that are cool, you know, that mm -hmm. are fucking, they put on a show. Um, yeah, I, I, I think for me, like it, it definitely helped like having like the connections with like friends that I've made like over the years as have like everybody else. But yeah, for sure, like having bands with like traction to them, you know? Yeah. Where does the traction come from? That's another question I was going to, I like to ask the younger kids yeah. that I talk to or like younger bands or, you know, you're a younger dude, you're in your twenties. So like, where do you, yeah. where, where's the fake, I don't want to say fake world, but obviously, you know, like people think Twitter is <coughs> real, but Twitter doesn't really exist in the real world. Like what goes on in Twitter right. doesn't necessarily exist in the real world. So where does the, uh, the internet hoopla like come from for most bands? Is it Twitter or is it Bandcamp? Is it like TikTok slash reels? You know what I mean? Like, where do the younger cats these days like find out about bands? I think now, I think TikTok is like crazy for like promotion towards like music. Mm. Personally, like, is it I cringe though? Do like, do you guys think it's cringe or like a lame outlet because of it being like it, you know it was like TikTok dances and like weird meme shit in the beginning, early days, right. and then you know once you start, you know, a couple artists got really huge off there a lot of bands started going that route yeah. and trying to use that route but like yeah i was just always curious of like do you, do bands like enjoy having to do tiktok or i guess they don't like to do social media in general unless they're good at it but yeah 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 um i mean for for sell uh just speaking for us like we like our main places that like we try and like keep up with the most is like instagram and facebook um, I was going to do the whole TikTok thing, like when it first started, because I like, I saw how many people were like so invested into it. And I was like, this is a good, like, um, ex like outlet for like exposure. Like yeah. we could put our music on here and people will be like, if they're in like the heavy metal realm of TikTok, like, you know what I'm saying? They'll like check it out probably. But I never, I never got into it. Uh, for us, like, I, I mean, I've got a TikTok account and I scroll and fucking look at stupid videos and shit, but um, I see, like, so many, like, I, I was scrolling the other day, bro, and I saw, you know what I'm saying, like, there was a kid moshing in a bathroom and it was to a No Cure song. Yeah. Like, and it had fucking so many likes and, yeah. like, comments and shit like that. I'm like, that's crazy. Like, it, it's wild. And, like, that, that's happened, like, I'm sure to a number of people that I'm familiar with, but I think, I think all social media is like good for traction. But I think right now in this day and age, I think a lot of kids are finding out about like newer bands and shit like that through like the TikTok yeah thing that's happening. You know, there's a good and a bad side to that. I think too, because like a lot of bands, uh, or or this could also go for like <coughs> Spotify streaming numbers too, right? So like a lot of bands are like really good on on social media, whether it's because they have like cool videos, flashy videos, choreographed dance moves, or like you know on stage moves and shit. Or they have, uh, right. and I'm not knocking anything. I'm just saying like these are features or attributes of these videos that are doing well. But like, yeah, I always am curious as because I've been guilty of it too. I think like a band is so big in my head 
and then I'll see them. Mm -hmm. Granted, it could be the area that I'm seeing them in, whether it's like here in North Florida or I could be somewhere else where they're not like necessarily close to their home base or something like that. But right. that doesn't actually like play out in the real world as well. It, like, you know, you could get, right. you could have hundreds of thousands of fans on Twitter or social media or even like a hundred thousand listeners a month on Spotify. But you know, you pull up to the local hardcore show. It's like no one really kind of knows what's going on, or know know who you are. Right. So it's always like I I just am curious as to how people. I don't know gauge, you know who to book or who to check out or who to you know what I mean. Yeah. I, we do it all the time, and so I get, I probably get more bands than uh, the normal person thrown at them in a daily basis anyway. So. You know, it's a lot of like, uh, yeah, it's a lot of like, how does, and these might be like really bad attributes to pick like a band to check out, but like if the album art's good, if the band promo isn't like too hideous or cringe or anything like that, <laughs> if the logo yeah. is in, you know, if the band name slash logo is in my wheelhouse, I'll check it out. But they, there's a lot that I have to also just be like, at first glance, be like, that's probably not worth my time. <laughs> just got to keep it moving. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that sucks because sure. I also probably miss out a lot. But, you know, if um, if for some reason I don't cover it, someone else will and it'll, it'll eventually like hit me in the head like, oh, I should probably check that out more. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, like we don't like really typically like say no to most fans that are coming through because uh, I feel like you got to give everybody like a chance you know what I'm saying and like if it like it's one of those things it's like if you say like we book a show and it kind of like flops and there's like you know like not it it doesn't sell as well as like it would with like this tour package mm -hmm. like maybe maybe next time they come back you know what I mean it'll be a little bit better and we can put like some more like high-end locals on it that like have like better draw you know what I'm saying just stuff like that yeah but you seem like a small show kind of guy so I'm going to ask this do you think because this is just a thing that I like to I like to pro pose this question for people all the time no matter what how big mm. their band is or what books what shows they book but do you think oh, <laughs> or do you have an opinion do you have an opinion on festivals affecting club shows smaller club shows do you have an opinion on that do you think that bigger festivals like uh whether they be like anywhere between like furnace fest type festivals to like mm -hmm. blue, blue ridge rockville big dwp festivals do you think they are helping or hurting the smaller club level shows i don't think they're like damaging it in any sort of way um I think if you are in the same area that a big fest is happening and say you work with like a booking agency that has no correlation towards like anything to do with the fest and you have a show going on like the same day that maybe like it's a mm. two or three day fest, like your show will more than likely flop. Yeah. Like you should not book, not you should not do that unless you're doing like a, yeah, an after show with a band from the Lazy. festival. Exactly. Yeah, some shit like that. But like, yeah, like never like, because we know like we have like our one big fest here called Flyover Fest in Tulsa, and that's every <laughs> that's year in November typically. <laughs> Flyover. Um, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, dude, last year like we had like fucking Pain of Truth and 
and a bunch of bands come out and it was it was fucking sick it did really well like king nine king nine played well those so festivals I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily talking about those types of festivals whereas like like I don't think FYA I don't I'm sure you're familiar with FYA down in Tampa and stuff yeah. like I don't think that's hurting any kind of like local club shows right but I guess right. my my worry is that these bigger festivals become so popular and so in you know and people go to those more more frequently that they don't feel like they have to go to smaller shows. Go and, to the smaller shows. Right. And the other thing being that there are radius clauses sometimes that are in effect for some of these bands. And again, like if you're in a band with a radius clause, they're probably not going to be playing a smaller show. So there's that. But yeah, yeah I just, um, you know, my whole, like my whole thing is like, how do I, how can I grab somebody who might listen to Breaking Benjamin or something like that at one of these big festivals? And how can I drag, get a hold of them and drag them down into like the depths of like the dog shit we all drop them in? Yeah, you know what I mean? But like, how do you do that? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I I think, I think promotion online and also, you know what I mean? Like, I, we've, we've done the whole thing where like we'll go to like, our local mall and like drop like flyers off at like fucking hot topic and Spencer's and shit like that. And like, we'll go to like guitar centers and like when we were first starting to do this, like we had people that were working with us that were doing stuff like that for promotional purposes. And I think stuff like that really, really helps. But now we have, you know, we're to a point with, you know, uh, certain, certain bands and like our, our, our booking agency and stuff where it's like, we have a good following enough to where like when we post about a show online, chances are there are going to be a fuckload of the kids who come to our shows regularly that will share it. And then their friends will see it and their friends will be like, Hey, let's go to like, it's all, it's a fucking spider web, man. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's like every, every time we have a show, like I, I went to a show last night that some of my friends were playing and like so many new people that I had never fucking seen before. And a few of them came up and they were like, hey, love the new stuff. And I was like, I have no fucking idea who you are. Yeah, That's I crazy. see that all the time. And I, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm much older, so I probably am more out of the loop. But I'm always like, where the fuck are these people at coming from? Like, Where are they coming from? Yeah, bro. <laughs> right. Like, they're just coming out the fucking woodwork, bro. It's crazy. It is weird. But I also wonder, I also like wonder what that is from. Like, do you see, uh, clearly they're seeing stuff online. Because a lot of this, like yeah. a lot of this content, is like so, like shock and awe, you know. Especially like yeah. mosh pit content, it's just like whoa, like someone threw a trash can or a ladder or XXX into the fucking mosh pit, and then this happened, or you know, someone stage dived yeah. off of this, and so like, I think our little scene really does um, attract just like some psychos, you know what I mean, that want to be involved in yeah, that man. kind of stuff. Which it is, I mean, that's why I got yeah. involved, not got involved, but that's what attracted to me, attracted me to it when I was younger. Just like when in the late nineties, you know, I, it, in the late nineties, <laughs> it was like, I, I found new metal and then like, that was my like branch out of whatever el- everyone else was listening to. And there wasn't that long of a period of time before I went and found like hate breed slash glass jaw and went, went right down to the hardcore right. metalcore world. And then I'd like. And it over it just took over everything else. So. It's a fucking it's a rabbit hole, man. Because like once you like get like one step down, you want to just fucking keep going. Because there's so much, there's just so 
so many fucking bands. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I know, yeah. That's what so, I was like. That's what I was asking her earlier. Like, how do you how do you find? Because you know, like it's it's weird. Like, <clears throat> I remember I met Blake when he was like TMing, I think, for uh, the Varials uh, Orthodox tour or whatever. I don't know if, who he was yeah. with, but he was on that tour. And I remember mm-hmm. like I'm in the back, you know, on the sound booth, and he's back there, and he's like I don't know, eight feet, eighteen feet tall or something like that. So he stood out. <laughs> He so Dude, he's stood so out. Fucking tall. Yeah, bro. and I um, I was having a couple of beers and like we're going back and forth. He's like, yeah, I'm straight edge, and I was like, oh my bad. <laughs> you know, oh little, yeah, yeah, I'm a little buzzed. He's like, no, it's cool. And like we just kind of like really caught not hit it off that night, but we've kept in contact since then. And then yeah, I remember like just meeting him, chatting with him, and then his band coming, you know, No Cure doing their thing. Like it was just one of those things where like you pick up a rock. And you like, oh, there's all these other bands under this rock. You know what I mean? So like yeah. knowing him got me involved, not involved, but it brought a we lot of other bands. Another door yeah, for yeah, you. it definitely right. did. Yeah. I, I just wanted to touch base on <laughs> Blaith. <laughs> Dude, like every single day on the, the tour that we did with him, them and Mugshot, I would be like outside the venue, like smoking a cig. And he'd come up to me and be like, hey, Skyler. I'm like, what's up, Blaith? He's like, you should stop that. And I was like, I'm okay. And he said, okay. And yeah. would just walk away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and he'll text me like, so like he texted me the other day and he was like, Skyler, you're awesome. I love you. Just out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. He's a great dude, man. He's, no, awesome. he's very genuine. Uh, he's very genuine and very tall. So yeah, there's he's that very fucking tall. <laughs> I'd like to get them on the podcast, but I'd like it. To, I may wait until he's in the area so I can do it in person. But, uh, that would be sick. Yeah, he's they're they're a cool cool band, real good band. Uh, awesome. And I'm not awesome I'm not a straight edge kind of guy, but you know I'll fucking I do like some good music every now and then. Oh yeah, hell yeah. If uh, Skylar wasn't doing uh, music or sell, what would the ideal situation be for you? Is it screen Always. printing? Is it what? Is it screen printing? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Either that or like. I don't know. I'd probably start like try and like put some money into like starting my own like demo and renovation company, mm. some shit like that. The typical fucking blue collar type shit. Hey, you know, with the rise in the apps and the internet, a lot of le- nope. a lot less young people are getting their hands dirty. So you could be, you know, if 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 cell doesn't work out and you do that, you could be making <laughs> you know six figures by the end yeah. of a couple of years. You never know, man. Yeah, for sure. You might be the only person I, in I, Oklahoma like still using a hammer or something. You never know. Yeah, right. Oh, uh, yeah. That's crazy. What are you guys going to do, you young kids, when that happens, bro? I don't know. We better figure it the fuck out, dude. <laughs> better put the phone down some, some, sometime. Yeah, sometime put the dude, phone I'm down. Dude, I'm like, bro, I'll fucking be, I'll have a phone in one hand and be using a power drill in the other, bro. <laughs> yeah. I'm no, still, I mean, even if I'm, like, glancing at something, bro, like, my hand, like, I'm still active you know what i'm saying oh uh, yeah my my girl gets pissed because she's like you're also on your phone when you're driving i'm like no i'm not it's Man. like whether i'm switching the song or like look at looking up a story or something and i'm like yeah. you know stuff comes through the pipeline i just want to check it out i want to glance at it you know what i mean but yeah it's like that like you're on your drill doing something very dangerous and you're like oh what's over here and you're just you know distracted. yeah <laughs> who the fuck who the fuck is texting me bro yeah. what tour offer did we just get hold on yeah, I think about that all the time because, like, uh, you know, it's not good to be glued to the internet, but also, like, part of the game of, like, 
music journalism is being the first person to report something or post something. So it's a double-edged sword where I don't like to stay on the internet, like camped on the internet. And there's many times yeah. at night where I'm all like, oh, fuck, I got to go to the other room and post something real quick. Yeah, so, right yeah, there's a lot the of that. Walk it, the walk of shame to the office, dude. Yeah, there, there's a whole thing of like I started to like not want to, not want to stay up late. But again, like I'm up till, you know, anywhere between like one to four o'clock in the morning, just because at some point the news cycle starts after midnight. You know, you get emails for the songs coming out that day, and I'm like, well, yeah. shit, I'll just be the first to post about all these things now and then oh it's yeah, four you gotta make sure you gotta you gotta make sure your shit's fucking taken care of bro That's yeah but is it that man. is it that important kind of go to bed and then wake up in the morning and do it you know what i mean i don't know it's yeah just... but then but then imagine how like stressed you would be if you had to like do it like as soon as your eyes open I mean, like I, I do any any time <laughs> anytime like we're like preparing like when we were doing like the first announcement for the record and like the first single all that shit was scheduled like a week in advance. Oh yeah. So I knew when I woke up that day, I would just like, it would say like my post, the post was put up or what the fuck ever. And then I would just set my phone down and go back to doing what I was doing and go back and check on things later. Yeah. You know, if I instead could... of like sitting there and having to like type all of it out. Yeah, no, if I could get all you guys to do all that, I would love it. If you get, <laughs> if you would just post a lamb goat whenever you release a song, and I just get or schedule it, I'd fucking love it. Then I don't have to Fuck yeah. live on the computer for most of my life. But uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I, it's it is a it's a grind type situation, but still, it's you know, yeah. it is what it is, and it's it's amazing. Because also, like, I'm very, I've always been very passionate about this stupid little side of the world. Uh, since yeah, again, since like I found out about it, it's just one of those things where I mentioned to a friend of mine. Uh, I think after COVID, I think after COVID, we saw like Madball play some like small venue um, right. here in town. And I was like, yeah, like, you know, what's weird. Like, I guess like 20 something, 25 years ago, I walked into some shitty little bar slash club, some, you know, like, cause all these shows are not in like the best of venues for the most part. And like, right. you know, I walked into one of those clubs and I, I've never left. I've always just kind of been either attracted to those whether it's like the hole in the wall bar that's playing like metal music, I'll go to that bar over any other bar on the strip or club or whatever, or I'll just go to the shows. And most of the shows I go to are in these little like, you know, shithole spots in, in the, in the world, but it's a great time. I live there. Oh yeah. It's, it's an awesome time, dude. I, uh, we've got like, I've got two bars that I go to with everybody out here. Uh, there's one called, I don't know if you guys have like Henry Hudson's Mm -mm. out where you guys are from just a fucking like i said shithole fucking bar typical to what you were just talking about but uh i just i go in there and shoot fucking pool and mm. smoke cigs drink a couple beers but then we got lost highway and that's the one that like we all go to um and they're always blasting like fucking just it's always something heavy like it's never like anything fucking crazy but sometimes they'll put on like some fucking like EDM shit, just Hell like to give everybody like a breath of fresh air. Hell for a yeah, you got your cool. rave on. Get yeah. your rave on. Hey, I come from that yeah. world too, so I've been, I've dabbled. Um, yeah, I've definitely dabbled in that fucking. <laughs> but yeah, um, God, I was gonna ask, <clears throat> what is your beer of choice, Sky? If I'm like in a bar ordering, yeah, or if you could have like your favorite uh, beer like right now, what would it be? If if I could have a beer in front of me right now, it would be a PBR. But if I go 
to a bar, I typically get a Miller with salt and lime and a shot of well tequila. You get a dressed. Miller with a mill like a regular Miller or Miller Lite? Miller Lite with salt and lime. Yeah, I don't know why. I just I, that seems like a I've Corona move. I, I've I've heard that with Corona, but like I've never heard it with Miller. I, Dude, I don't know why, but... No like, wonder you guys I are tr- crashing all your vans and cars through <laughs> fucking buildings, dude. Dude, like, okay, I I love, like, cervezas and stuff like that, but, like, Corona and, um... What the fuck is that other beer called? Modelo? P- Pacifico, not Modelo, okay. Pacifico. They give me really bad heartburn for mm. some reason. So, mm. like, if I'm ever sipping a Corona, chances are you're going to see me turn around and like pop a fucking like roll in my mouth just to like make sure yeah. I'm like okay. Yeah. It's fucked, dude. I hate it. But, you know what's that's yeah. weird. You have uh bad indigestion. I've never really I, and I have a couple friends, but growing up, I never had like friends with indigestion in my 20s. It's so weird. Dude, it sucks. I think I think it's because like dude, I fucking smoke cigs and vape and yeah. I I drink. I drink at least one one or two beers every single night. I'm not drinking like crazy heavy, but like even at like the fucking shop, dude, like <laughs> we've got this this is from our Christmas party that we have. We've Yikes. got Jose Cuervo. Just that's where you here, would like, need see that's more along the lines of salt and lime, guys. Like that's more oh, yeah. along the line. I don't know why you're doing it with Miller. But I'm gonna try that and get back to you on try that. Try it. And it's probably gonna dude, be bad. It, if we <laughs> if I I think we're coming to Florida uh, on that mugshot tour, if it's anywhere near you, come out to the show, and I will buy you one, and we'll sit there and we'll taste us together, bro. Jesus Christ, can you? You're like four hours. You'll be four hours away from me. It's worth the drive, dude. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I'll try it with. Uh, well, hold on. Oh no, you're not gonna be with think- the Pains boys. I thought the Pains boys were gonna be with you on that part, but they're later in the month or later in uh, yeah. in the tour. That'd be cool. Um, the PBR, yeah, PBR is like a staple, dude. I think like I've probably drank out outside of. There was a time where I was like heavy Coors Light drinker because the mountains were always blue, you know. And when that whole thing came yeah. out, I was like, "That's fucking cool, cold beer." Yeah. So I, it makes me want to fucking drink it. Yeah. yeah. I Good mean, marketing strategy. There are people probably listening to us right now, like going like they're drinking the shittiest beers, and I was and I, to that I'll say yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, but that's because I like to stay hydrated and just have a little bit of alcohol in each drink. And that way I can drink all night long. Uh, cause it, yep. I used to drink like straight liquor and like have mixed drinks all the time and just get like blacked out. I never blacked out, but I would get like to the point of almost blacking out drunk and it, we'd still have like hours in the night. So at some point when I was, you don't, like, you don't want to be the first one to go home. No. And I'm never no. the first one to go home. And I'm so. never going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the PBRs, man, fuck, I, that reminded me. I've always had PBR for the most part in like a two dollar law, a tall boy. Yep. And uh, you know what's funny too? I don't mean to sidetrack, but this is about PBR. I saw an no, you're ad. Good. Go I for saw it. an ad for PBR or something on like from twenty years ago where someone was like, "I'll get a PBR," and it was the guy was like two dollars, and I was thinking to myself, Jesus. In like a span of like 20, 30 years, PBR has not changed the price of like a beer no. that you would get like from somewhere. It's like $2 all the time. No, and they never fucking will, bro. They never will. The PBR is just like, 
It's an unbeatable beer, bro. Like is you it cannot, so bad? Like, is it bad that we've just gotten acquired taste for it? Because it really doesn't taste like the best. The first couple sips are never of any beer for me are never like, oh, this is delicious. But like PBR I, has this weird like taste that I, after a couple sips, I'll get through it, and then they'll all go down like water, obviously. But yeah, it's like weird. It's like weird copper so. grapefruit. It's like it's like some weird like <laughs> metallic grapefruit. You know. I don't know. That's what it tastes yeah. like. Well, well, now now you have me wanting to drink, so I just poured a little bit hey. of tequila into this this cup that I'm going to sip on while we're. It's while five we're o'clock doing this. almost. <laughs> it's almost five o'clock here, so you know it's five o'clock yeah. somewhere technically. But um, yeah, technically. Yeah, it's a good time drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's not a, awesome. that's not a PSA for fucking drink or anything. But like, you know, I've gone I've gone now to where it's like once or twice a month, and that's. Mm-hmm. That's good for for me. That's great for me. But uh, also, well, like, do you, do you mean like do you mean once once or twice a month, like heavy, or once or twice a month in general? So here's a little tidbit about me. If I'm gonna like, if I'm popping one, it's gonna be an all night thing. Yeah. So I'm not I'm, I'm so, not so out normal. here I'm not out here to try to get like, you know, one or two drinks in a night and to be like, mmm, that's delicious. I would rather right. I'd rather be like, oh, I'm at a show or I'm at a sporting event or a concert or this that or the other thing. Let's enhance the vibe, you know, and I'll I'll <laughs> let's enhance. I'll take the edge off of the edge off of life yeah. a little bit. And uh yeah, my ideal situation is like four beers and then if someone's walking around with some some greenery, I'll take a little bit of that and then we'll coast. Yep. Uh, we'll coast on that for a long time. But Yep. Yeah, I mean, when I, we went to FYA last week or the other week, yeah, last weekend. Dude, it looked it looked fucking crazy. I don't mean to interrupt. No, you, no, but no, it looked fine. insane. It One was. of our friends from here was out there, and he said it was the craziest fest he's probably been to in years. Yeah, no, it definitely was uh, pretty wild. But you know what's funny <laughs> is like when we got there, we got there on the first day, and uh, I'm like, oh, they have a beer line, and you know, I'm thinking like, oh, this is a hardcore festival. There's gonna be like mostly straight edge people there's not gonna be that many beers being drank so like right away i was like this beer line is like nothing so i was like getting you know beers and uh at two at a time which by the way uh that sounds bad but i'll explain i ordered a pbr it's worth it i ordered a pbr right i'm used to getting 16 ounce tall boy cans this one was like a 12 ounce can so in the grand scheme of things it just kind of looks like one of those mini cokes you know like eight ounce cokes and it felt really weird beyond yeah. my hand so i had to get two of those at a go because again i don't want to go back to the beer thing but anyway were they okay but were they were they overcharging yeah dude what are you talking about it wasn't a two dollar <laughs> beer <laughs> dude oh two dollar beer but i yeah. get it i get it you know what i mean i get it and so uh they got to make their money i think it was three three it was like three or four bucks it wasn't much but it wasn't like the the standard two dollars for any kind of PBR drink. But no, that was a fun one. Um yeah, that was fun. But again it was a smaller a smaller Smaller can. can. And I will say like it felt very strange to like double fist around the (coughs) hardcore at the hardcore festival and like the light all the lights were on. Obviously people were talking about that. But being there it didn't really I like it didn't really click when I was there. It just felt like you were I don't know. It, it just felt like it was supposed to be like yeah. that, but it, what it is, but you know, it didn't feel like right. 
where's all the cool lighting for the hardcore band? I've never seen <laughs> fucking cool lighting on a hardcore band where it's like a light show or anything like that. So it didn't really, yeah. didn't really seem like I was missing out much. But another thing that I've thought was really cool before we get off the topic of FYA was that the fact that people come from all over. It literally is one of those mm-hmm. festivals where like, it's not like you're not getting like 10,000 people going, but you're getting a couple thousand people going. And the couple thousand yeah. people that are going are like super dedicated. Uh, they'll fly some from some from out of the country. You know, what I mean, they come from a different country. Yeah. They'll come from all over, and it was really wild to see that. And um, yeah, it's fucking crazy, dude. Like, yeah, I um, always find myself going like, "What's too big?" Like, this is an awesome time. Like, it was an awesome weekend, right? But I was like, right. "How big can this, something like this get before it gets not as fun?" Or you know, I don't know if that's even possible, but you know, right? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, is I, hardcore I supposed like, to be small? I, is it supposed to be small crowds or like big crazy crowds? You know what I mean? Like we're moving into a yeah. weird time for hardcore, where like <laughs> it's gained so much popularity that it does have the ability. To, I mean, like you're getting bands are having Taco Bell hardcore bands are in Taco Bell commercials and shit. So you know, there's. <laughs> there's that so like that's why i'm always like can hardcore get too big i don't know right who knows we'll see we'll i see. guess yeah <laughs> we shall see i need to grab i don't know if you can cut this out but i need to grab a charger really quick no you're cool good i was about that. to i was about to cool. end it anyway because we're like an hour these go by quick oh okay right yeah, yeah right on okay quick, right? i didn't even fucking realize yeah <laughs> so as i said earlier in the pod we're here with sky from sell they have a new uh new ep coming out we'll actually put this episode out today so uh cool. you, could, you can go. you can do all that and it'll be appropriate for you uh listeners to go check out the two new songs um certain death is the newest one i think you posted it th- released it that you guys released it last week we posted it this week um yep. you guys are going out on the on the road next not next month but march uh with yep Karnashi, Mugshot, Mugshot yeah, uh, yep. Mouth of War, Cell, Pains, uh, your Cell, but yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. So check that out if you're in Oklahoma. You know, you, you don't want to drive all the way to the next stop across the country. Maybe think about booking a show in Oklahoma. You know, the kids that seemingly uh, like some heavy stuff over there. So check that out. And then, yeah, um, I can't promise that I'll be in Bradenton. Or Hollywood, Florida, because that's even further. But I will right. at some point try a Miller with salt and lime. I'll probably get stairs when I order it from the bar, so I might do it at the house. <laughs> but I'll try that out and get back to you on that. But I'll be waiting for the response to see what you think. Bro. Cool. Do you want to say anything before we let you out? I know you already shouted out some Oklahoma bands, so you don't have to go down that route again. But anything else before yeah. you get out of here? Uh. Tours to be announced that are even fucking crazier than the ones that we've done previously and the ones that we have already announced. Uh, the new record, I hope, makes you feel like there's a million bricks being dropped on your head. Um, shout out Oklahoma, shout out to all my homies, and uh, thanks for all the support. No problem. All right, Scott, thanks for being on the show, and uh, we'll touch base, brother. Pre- appreciate it. Peace. Later, dog.
Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.